Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today we are sitting down with uh, a guy who's a subscriber of uh, the YouTube channel and the podcast, and he reached out. He had a pretty compelling story. You all know me. I like to hang out with the community. His name's Casey Sainsbury. He's out of uh, Washington. He's over in Yakima. He's got a very compelling story. Former drug dealer turned badass bow hunter, fitness guy, entrepreneur. So I found his story to be inspiring. I figured... He'd come over to my house, shoot some bows, grab a workout, do a podcast, bring it to you live action. Appreciate your guys' support. You have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing us. Let's go. Welcome to the Oak Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year-round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests subject matter experts so that you can tune in get what you need to get and continue on your journey we are blessed to call ourselves elk hunters season six here we go Mm-hmm. live action welcome to the elk shape podcast i'm hanging out with i think my new friend casey how are you i'm good how are you i'm doing well man what is your uh last name sainsbury no yeah so, yeah that's it Say it again. Sainsbury. It was Sainsbury. Okay, yeah. cool. You are out of Yakima, Washington? Yeah, Sela. What is Sela? It's like right out of Yakima. Okay. One mile, over the hill. Okay. Yeah. Born and raised? Uh, Born and raised the other side of the hill, Moxie. So Yakima okay. Valley. You like the Yakima Valley? I live in the Yakima Valley. <laughs> that was well said. <laughs> yeah. That was well said. Uh, so I'm trying to think, man. You've been a huge supporter of my stuff that I do. I know I've emailed back and forth with you. I knew that you had done the discomfort app that we do. Not very long, but just recently. And then um, I finally met you at an elk shape camp and got to put the name to the face. And then so you just did that um, 
Elite Onyx Elite camp that we yep. that two day camp that we hosted in uh, was that in June? Yeah, mid June. Mid June, you see, you came over and did that camp, and then I think after that you were headed to Lampers's deal, the summit. Yep. And then we, it was kind of interesting. Like I told you at Elk Shape Camp, that you could be one of our three local guys that we do the broadhead um, tuning video with. So you came over for that. And then the last thing was I was like, oh, and by the way, I still want to podcast with you because we've been talking about having you on the podcast for a while now, and we've kind of finally lined it out. That's our history, guys. That's me and Casey's hist. Um, let's get to know you a little bit, man. Like, so where are you even from? Like, when if, when people say Casey, where do you like? Where are you from? Where are your roots? Are they? Is it that Yakima Valley? It is. Yeah, born, raised there till I was. Shoot, I was uh, 18. I moved to North Dakota with my dad. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And then how long were you there for? Like a little over a year, year and a half, almost two years. Did you like it? You know, that was the time of my life. I like it over there. I like that small town living, man. People, and to this day, if I go visit, everyone waves at you when you drive by. Like, small town, it's just better. Things are better. Mm. Kind of know your name. You work. Did your dad stay there? Yeah, my dad's there. He's been there since the 90s. Okay. Yeah. And then you um, moved back home with your mom? No, that was when I was 18. Okay. So I came back, like, got a girlfriend, went to work, just kind of did that thing for a while. Had a very dysfunctional relationship. Went through some jobs, did that kind of thing. and. Did you ever go to college or in that kind of jazz, or did you go right into the workforce? So when I was in North Dakota, I did like uh, I got an automotive degree, like Mm. automotive repair, and I did that um, to be transparent while I was in jail. So oh yeah, yeah. Where where did you do time at? In North Dakota, in Bismarck, yeah, it was like a juvenile type thing. So when you moved there, you weren't in juvie. No, when I moved there, I went there to kind of run away from from trouble I got in here with the wrong people and then uh, got in trouble over there with the law. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, kind of traded one evil for another, I think. And Hiding hung out with you all day. I mean, to me, my radar is like you're a very like straight shooter, naturally um, hardworking, want to do right kind of guy. So uh, what the hell happened to you when you were a kid? I... uh so I, my dad was gone. Didn't really know him. He's, my dad literally lived under a bridge when I was a kid. Like, like literally, like he was, a, I don't know the right word to use, but crack cocaine, you know, yep. like bad. So he went to jail when I was probably 10 or something. I didn't really know him anyway. don't remember any of that. I just know that it happened. Mom was a bartender. Never saw her. I lived with my grandparents. Uh, luckily my grandparents were alive. So I had somewhere to live. So ran learned I was, I was alone man I, I just learned everything on my own <clears throat> by myself uh got to see my mom I got off the bus she was putting on her makeup she was gone and that was kind of the gist of of my being raised and you know never been grounded never been in trouble never been like I never had to learn no consequences that way. no none at all so I just did what I wanted I mean I ran free and we lived out in the country, and it was cool, and some of it was positive, most of it was negative. Got into uh, a lot of stuff at a younger age, you know, probably dropped out of high school, 
uh, really with eighth grade credits as a freshman. You're like, I'm not they, going to school anymore. Yeah, I thought I was going to be a professional snowboarder, you know, because I just did what I wanted. So they took me to truancy court, eighth grade credits went down, passed my GED test, first try. School was never the issue. It was more like the authority problem, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So, you know, did that and then uh, kind of made my own way through the world, man. I, I partied a little bit. Mom kicked me out at 16, so live by myself. And, you know, that led into me going to North Dakota and that kind of is all history, but, but, uh, no, you know, to be clear, it was the, like marijuana was my thing. Like that was what I got into. That was like my life when I was a kid, it was that and girls and, and that's all I did, you know, until you want to get high and you want to get laid. That's it, man. Okay. That was my life. That's not like really out of the ordinary for a lot of 16 year old boys. No. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Uh, Okay. And you were willing to make that a priority, uh, but education wasn't. Continue on your education. You got your GED. Yeah. Uh, and what- just so I could didn't have to go to jail, right? Truancy or whatever they tried to threaten you with back then. Yeah. 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 So, how do you afford your little habit? Selling weed. So okay. that was my first John into entrepreneurship. Okay. It was my whole life entrepreneur. Like that's what I did. I never had to work. So right. I was, you know, when I left high school, I was still part of the high school kind of in that way oh yeah yeah so those are your customers they were big time yeah and that was that was what i did day day night it seemed like i never got into anything else i never so did. how old were you is this like early 2000s yeah late 90s yeah, like late 90s early 2000s so would you pagers i would have papers pagers yeah you got it yeah beep landlines and, <laughs> yeah landlines pay phones yeah pay phones because there's no um, burner cell phones at this time. It's like straight up beepers. Yep, no I had a beeper phones. in high school. Okay, okay. Got my first cell phone in North Dakota. You did? Once I went there, yep. So, so that did was you thing. bring your marijuana marijuana dealing ways to North Dakota? I did. Okay. And Who's your supplier at the time? Or Just a guy here and, okay. and went over there, called my dad when I got in trouble. I actually got jacked at gunpoint for a bunch. And, oh, they got you. And owed somebody and, and uh, you know, ran away from it a little bit, I guess. And yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what to do as a kid. I got in over my head. I was a little guy. I've always been a little guy. So yeah. I, you know, I, I uh, just ran. So you made a purchase order. You got the product without paying it. And yep. then you need to go sell this product. So you're kind of on credit. Yep. And you got robbed. You luckily didn't get killed over stupid weed. Yep. And you couldn't pay him back. So you bounced. Bounced to, to- go make money to pay him back. Right. So I called my dad. I said, hey, dad, you got yeah, I need some help bailing me out. I'm going to bring this. You help me out. Okay. Did so you explain to him the whole scenario? Yeah, I just told him everything. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, he did, got narked out, cops raided his house. You know, my dad was the only one home. I was already in my truck. I was actually a few miles out of town, meet, hanging out. And uh, my dad called me on the phone. He said, you can either come home or you can just leave right now. I mean, they ain't going to find you. You know, go back home. And so I came back because my dad was going to get in trouble. I just walked in. And and uh, the way my dad was, the cops, just a little example of who my dad is. I mean, great guy. I mean, he has a big heart. But he, uh, when we were in the interview room and they're like, just call and make a deal right now. We'll let you go home. And I was like, F you, middle finger. And, uh, and then my dad said, I'm so proud of you. 
you know, <laughs> for not being a, a snitch. First time my dad, you know, said anything like that. So that's kind of a. That's insane. Yeah, stupid. But. So your dad's proud of you for not basically working a deal for yep. yourself and going to jail the entire year. I was eighteen, and and you know that's what made my dad proud. So nice. pretty sad. Nice. Yep. So you did time. Yeah, I did a year. I did a year. And got out in that stint you were able to get some information about how to repair vehicles yeah some sort yeah of i did like a little trade school thing they had in there cool yeah yeah was it they the try one? to give you an education i got my uh um i got that they pay you to work in that shop mm-hmm. so i had a little check when i got out of there nice they then i joined like some program i met this lady in there and i should give her some credit miss bev that we still talk to this day oh that's badass so 22 years later and we still talk to this day. Her husband's gone. He gave me my first job out of jail. Uh, but Miss Bev and we still talk right mm. now. And I'll send her this. I hope she listens. And that's really cool. You know, she's uh she's been the most positive influence I call her when I have issues hmm. all the way to this day. Happy birthday, Merry Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. So brought my son to meet her in North Dakota. Are you serious? Yeah, drove my son all the way there. Yeah. That's really neat. All right, so tell us. By the way, this is fascinating. I'm interested in your story because I only know the, you know, the Casey right now who's like pretty much killing it in my game. So you get out of Juvie, do you get out of North Dakota and head back home? What do you do? So I spent a couple months like in like a halfway house, right? Um, like a rehab thing and uh, do my time, get a job in a, like a shop. Uh, then I head back home, I'm trying to picture the timeline. But I head back home, grab some more weed, head back to my dad's house. Are you kidding me? Nope, not kidding you. You dumbass. Yeah. I'm talking to the old Casey. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Did not learn a damn thing. You just wanted to make faster money? Is I that, did. Like, what was, was like, your motivation? It was money again, and I said, I'm smarter now. I learned how to not get caught, right? Fair. I mean, I could see it myself talking myself into stupid stuff. Yep, so I did that. Yeah. Drove home, ended up finding a different way to do it. First time I got it through the mail. They went through my garbage can, found the packaging, found some blah, 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 got a search warrant. I said, well, I, you know, I'll figure out a new way. So I bought a little car, started driving back and forth. And, across uh, state lines, no across biggie. Across state lines, yeah. man. And, and uh, had a good time. After that, I went a little wild, built like a race car, raced like a dirt track, had a bunch of fun with the money, never saved a dime, just blew it. Just never always got spent caught, it. But I got caught like with a little piece of weed like in my car. Um, being in a small town, you know, I got in a car wreck. And the girl, it was her fault. She hit me in the snow. The cop shows up and went to high school together. All of a sudden, it's my fault. Uh, so I left town after that. I was like, you know what, Dad? It's, I think I've. they got me for this. They want me to go to court. They're going to, you know, I'm just leaving. So you skipped town. Skipped town. That was probably 2001, two. Left. Just went home and probably had a warrant there for God knows how long. And I've been back now. I don't think it's... I would hope not. I think it's probably gone. Yeah. With a <clears throat> I never called Statue checked. of limitations. I think you're all right, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> that was kind of my story until, you know, what was I, 20? I was probably 20 about that time because I was there for a couple years. Came home, met that girl. That was a nightmare for five years of my life. Um, really? Yeah, just still selling weed. Kind of had some, that was off and on, uh, really off and on. Um, still sold weed, but worked a job, made a bunch of money. Like did, pr- I was doing really well back then. I thought, right. Mm-hmm. So, but if you've ever seen that movie blow, 
with Johnny Oh, Depp. hell yeah. And the money's not real, man. You know, so they tell you, the yeah. money, you know, the money's not real. It's all gone. Like one day, uh, got busted for growing weed. Oh, really? Yeah. Were you growing it? I was growing it. I quit. Um, the guy that was growing it still had the house in my name. There was no paperwork. Long story short, the cops put two and two together and uh, didn't rat again. So got my felony. Yeah. That time. So yeah, 20 something class C felony. Nice. You know, pleaded guilty. Just owned up. Owned up. Just did yeah, it. I just went. I didn't rat on him. Like I could have probably did all that stuff and went through it. I said, you know, it's fine. And, and uh, just did that. Did my 20 some days in work release. Bought a good lawyer. Uh, did you? Yeah. And really probably, I think what that got me was the work release. You know, he still got me guilty, but <laughs> I didn't really have to do. Yeah. And there's the felony. I mean, obviously nobody wants the felony on a record, right? No. And I've, you know, since then, and that's part of the new Casey, right? Where you say it's, but that's gone. Yeah. You know, I've had, did all the stuff to get that taken away and get my voting that, rights and my gun rights. It's really just a piece of paper you file in two grand. Sick. That's it. Paid off my, uh, we went to buy a house in 2014. They're like, you still have court fines. We can't sell you this house. There'll be a lien on your house. So I was like, how to go pay those off. You know, so that stuff followed me around for kind of a long time. Yeah. Because I never paid any attention to it. So once you got the felony or whatever, and, and honestly, it sounded like you learned your lesson and you took it on the chin. Was there any temptation to get back in the drug game at all at any point? Um, after that, I never really watched him made drugs legal shortly after weed or whatever. And, and, uh, that was pretty much my last kind of, I think I, yeah, I didn't really do much after that. Yeah. <clears throat> 25 or so. So like five years of like struggling with this girl and back and forth and 25, 26 went to college. So turf management just decided one day I was like, I'm over it. Sold everything, moved out. She got my dog, like my homie, my little homie that I got back later on. But so this is a girlfriend. Yep. Yep. Oh, and, like uh, a live in girlfriend. Yeah. Like I lived at her house. She let me do whatever I wanted. Um, you guys didn't make any children together. Did you? No. Okay. So that's probably good. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then she gives <clears> you the boot. No, I left. Her. You left. Yeah. Jealous, crazy. Like was just making things hard. Okay. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? This this isn't like something clicked about that time. 25, I think I was 25, mm -hmm. 26. Something clicked. I'm like, you guys are all kids around here. And like, I'm gone. Just yeah. enrolled myself in college, tried to join the golf team, uh, graduated college two years later, like a two year degree, like a 3.96 eighth grade dropout. Just applied myself to something I love doing. Cool. Yeah. Went to New Jersey. Uh, PGA tour events, a couple of them, did some LPGA stuff, kind of roamed around New Jersey. That was all good and great. And then just uh, went home. You know, I just couldn't find that job, that end game job I was looking for over there. And everyone on the East Coast is, everyone I met that I liked there was from the West Coast. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I've spent a little bit of time on the East Coast, uh, New York, New Jersey, Fairlawn, New Jersey, um, Fairlawn, working. Yeah, I was yeah. premise. I was right by Fairlawn. Yeah. Yep. yep. Exactly. And, and I'm, I like out west, you know, for, yep. for a lot of reasons. But anyways, let's not digress. Let's not go down that rabbit yeah. hole. Um, so this turf management, golf, you were looking to land like the gig. Couldn't find it. So did you come back? Yeah, came back to Yakima. Got a job at the local golf course. Um, worked there for quite a few years. 
Doing what? Doing what, man? Running. I was the assistant superintendent, so out running the grass, out running the crew. Some guy made called all the shots, and I ran the crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loved it. I love golf. Love the grass. I mean, yeah. I love the science of the whole thing, and it was fun. But there's no money in it. I bet paid thirty two grand a year salary, and I was working hundred hours a week. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll work you over. Well, big time. So, but to backtrack a little bit, kind of in the middle of there, I came back from uh, New Jersey, 2010. That whole winter, I spent everything I made being depressed, spent it all at the bar. You did? All of it. Every dime I made over there, because I lived at the golf course, brought home 30 grand from working, spent it all at the bar. Just went downhill, just drinking, partying, Got to the point. How I was long did get, this last? Like a few months, six okay. months. Yeah. Probably into the spring because right around that time I met this girl at the coffee stand and like I gave up. I said, you know what? I'm done. Like I was going to get fired from my job. I could only work half days. I was going to pass out. It was 127 pounds. And, and, uh, this girl at the coffee stand that I went to every day, like she would talk to me or whatever. I met this girl. I'm like, man, there's something about her. So I just like, dumped everything I was doing quit smoking my weed again I quit drinking and uh that was my wife that ended up being my wife so no kidding yeah she's I, the one who asked me she asked to, you huh? to hang out man she That's asked cool. me so you want to come to Ellensburg and I'm going to drive over there and do this or that and I was like yeah I'll come hang out and uh she had to meet my dog because at that time I was having visitation with my dog right because yep. I said my ex got to keep him yep so it was kind of a fun trip we went swimming um at that lake in Ellensburg, my dog ran out, grabbed one of those buoys, wouldn't come in, had to jump in, go save him. <laughs> and then we got back to her grandma's house. Dog jumped in the blue cover on the pool, oh, no. completely enveloped him, had to jump in and save him there. So it was like this memorable first time, yeah, you know, kind of thing. I think we had a bunch of fun together. And then That's we cool. just talked for like, a, I swear it was weeks while we just sit in the car and talk. And uh, she said... She had a boyfriend at the time. What? Yeah. So she asked you to hang out in Ellensburg when she had a boyfriend? Yep. She didn't have a very serious boyfriend, She did not. And he, he, we, uh. He wasn't there when you came over, right? No, but he was there when I helped her move out of her house. Oh. And then he tried getting in our backseat one time, and I was like, you're not getting in here, bro. It was kind of one of those things. She needed out, I think. Yeah. You know, I don't think she knew it was like kind of going to be me that was the one but yeah but i think she needed out of a bad situation and she one night i never we never kissed we never did anything well she had a boyfriend and, and then she broke up we moved her out of that apartment and she's like you gonna kiss me or not one night and then there, she lived with me ever since then we never spent any nights apart really besides a little vacation here and there but, that's really cool yep all right i feel like we got up to speed now we yeah. can like First, thanks for your like realness. I'm attracted to people that just tell the truth regardless of anything. Just the truth is always enough. It's what I try to teach my kids. And the fact that you're transparent and unashamedful because the past is in the past and it's what makes us in the present. I mean, it took me 40 years to figure out that that was my path. Yeah. That I never would have learned or been the person that I think I can be, right? Yep. For my kids and stuff without that path. But I, I like that we kind of like talk about that first because when people are like, well, why is Dan having this dude on the podcast? Well, I'm glad you asked that. I'm glad you were thinking that because now I look at you and I'm like, 
Casey, give me some advice on business. Casey, give me some advice on rentals, on coffee stands, on entrepreneurship, because you have stuff to teach me. You know what I mean? Um, let's get everybody up to date on what kind of went down today. Let's talk about today. Today, like what we did? Today, the only thing we have. You were scouting Idaho. Yep. And packed up your bags this morning and drove this way? When yep. did you leave? Last night, I left late late at night because I didn't want to pull this full six hours. So I drove like drove into the night last night as soon as, because I was just glassing elk and then came, uh, as soon as it got dark, I just took off, drove somewhere in the middle of Oregon in the mountains and uh, stayed the night in a hotel and then that way I could shower and stuff. Yep. Yep. And Thank you for doing here, that because right? because I, I was in the mountains for a couple of days. I can I get it, <laughs> I get it. And then you rolled up to my house. Yep, about noon. Yep. Okay, and uh, we shot bows. We worked out. We podcast. That's what we're doing right now. Yep. So let's talk about the working out side of things. Um, that was terrible. It was. I thought I was in shape. You, but yeah, I finished. You are in shape. Yeah. You're just not in Alicia state and shape. Alicia Nobody state. is. <laughs> Animal. I'm, you're laughing, but like I warned you. I'm like, hey, I'm going to get Alicia to work out with us. Yeah. Uh, I do that a lot of times with people that come over because I want them to see what I'm dealing with. I, my wife is a freak athlete. You know what I mean? And everyone thinks I'm some workout dude or whatever. And dude, she's the deal, isn't she, man? Like she's a beast. Yeah. She's uh, sets the pace. Yeah. 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 That was fun though that you got after it. Got a good workout. We didn't spend an abundant amount of time in the gym. Do you think we're in and out in an hour? At least, yeah, or less. Yeah. yeah. 50 minutes. That's now. about my normal training cadence is I, I have about an hour that I can squeeze in. I mean, it was five minutes of warm-up. We did a 10-minute 10, 10 strength uh, Yeah, strength thing real quick, and then get right, got right into it, and that was 20 minutes. I mean, it had to have been 45 minutes in the gym. So and it hurt, and it hurt. Um, it was bad. So you've been doing um, a lot of different programs. You've done Mountain Tough. You've done um, Wad Prep stuff. You've yep. done my stuff. It's called Discomfort App. Um, you've done CrossFit before too? Yeah, yeah. Throughout the early 30s, yeah, I kind of dabbled in it, did a little bit, and, and just uh, just dealt with injuries, man, soft tissue injuries all through my 30s. Manual labor kicked my butt. So Sounds like it yeah, did. Yeah. Now you built your own gym. Yep. In the Tell us about gym. it. Yeah. So got the rack, rower, bike, GHD, reverse hyper, all the stuff. You I did like get doing. a reverse hyper. I got a reverse hyper. Dude, give me one of those. Yeah, that is cool. So I got like a combo machine, a Titan Fitness. Yeah, mix. and it was like eight hundred and some bucks, and I get both of them. Yep, and it doesn't take up a ton of space. Yep. So I got enough room to throw two barbells and and. Uh, do whatever I need. So usually mm-hmm. it's only two people. I can't get anyone to come work out with me. I was going to ask you, do you have a partner? <laughs> no, no. And the guy bought, like one of my buddies bought a couple of pieces of the equipment and he's like, Hey, I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to come work out every yeah, morning. This and that never showed up once. Yeah. You're Still not, to this I day. hope you hear this and you're yeah, not. Will. That's how you weed out elk hunting partners, man. Like, well, he is my elk hunting partner. Is he? Yeah. He I is, would weed. Yeah. So no offense to him, but if he was my elk hunting potential partner, that would have weeded him out. I know. Seriously, you if you aren't mentally tough and you can't commit to the discipline of training, sweating, how are you going to be an ally in the mountains? I'm going to give him right now the benefit of the doubt because he got some stuff offline, did his own home gym. That's cool. Because he is the breadwinner. His wife's pregnant. They're having a baby. Um, you know, he works a lot. Construction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of town a lot of times. I think he's doing the best he can do. And I know for a fact he's down like 
15 pounds or something. That's going to help. So, so he's, he's staying He's consistent. doing his, he's doing his thing. He's just not over there doing it with me at this, you know. That's and fair. I, and it's fine. Cause I don't want to work out at 5am anyway. Yeah. So I kind of gave that up when I sold the gym. Yeah. I mean, I've done so many four, four to 5am workouts in my life that I'm good. I, I actually kind of cherry pick afternoons, which is really nice. Um, 8am. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you're built this home gym. You're building your own little shop to work on your own equipment, archery. You just picked up a bow. How long ago? I bought the bow end of October and shot it for like two days, had wrist surgery. Oh. Yeah. So then I picked it back up in January once everything was kind of healed. So technically you've only been shooting since January. Yep. Dude, how the hell did you get into archery? I had a, so I had like this bow tech that I probably shot like 20 arrows out of. And I've had it for like eight years. And okay. I'm the guy who's like knows so little that he just draws it without an arrow and lets it go and blows it up, you know, in my kitchen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah. So I didn't know nothing. I just knew I had a felony. So I knew if I wanted to hunt, it's going to be bow hunting. So yep. I picked up that bow, but then never did anything with it. Sat in my closet all those years. No kidding. Yeah. Sat in my closet, sat in my closet, never did anything. And I just took it in on trade. So, you know, from a landscaping job for my business. Like yep. One of my first jobs I ever did. Yep. And uh, I, what got me into bow hunting kind of came from hunting a rifle hunt in Washington. And Which after that, I was garbage. like, I am never doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. I, then I said, I'm buying a bow. I didn't actually buy the bow. I got new strings put on my bow tech, um, bought some new arrows, bought some new arrows, and then never shot it. Yeah. Yeah. So as I, you know, and we'll find out, but I owned a business. I worked a lot. We had little kids. Like I just never made the commitment. So but I didn't listen to the Elk Shape podcast back then. So when did you start listening? Last to- spring. Last spring. Listened to every single episode without turning on a different podcast till I was caught up. Oh, so you're like psycho all or none kind of guy like me. I yeah, crazy. Okay. That's why I have a book. I get you. Yep. All or none. Like, I gave I'm up everything. Get all these episodes. That's like almost 300 episodes or it something. It was three something, 320s. There was quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Maybe two high 200s before I caught up. Really? Yeah. I probably, that's a lot of Dan Staten that I wouldn't want to wish upon anyone, homie. Man, I got to watch you grow too a little bit. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, yeah. So you caught up on all the pods. Yep. And I was freaking motivated after that. Really? Yep. That's I mean, cool. It lit a fire under my butt. Is that like um, what was needed to it get you? It was at okay. the time. Okay. You know, I needed something. I kept attempting to get out of a rut, right? Like and my business was just dragging me down. It was your construction business, my, right? Yeah, my landscaping business. Oh, yeah. your landscaping business. Yeah. And it just had to go, and I couldn't make the commitment. And, and uh, a lot of stuff happened that spring where it was like one of my last employees quit on a Saturday in the busiest time of the year and I'm pulling my hair out already. My office lady quit doing her job around that time. And it was just like all crumbling down. And I just took what was left and sold it to the last guy. Really? The last guy I had left and he's my longest employee. So he took it over and I just kind of like worked him into it throughout the summer into the fall. He wrote me a check in like October and I went hunting. I only had one tag for myself and watched him. I went hunting with my old buddy just went on all his hunts i drove to montana spent three thousand dollars in fuel and food and stuff hunting with this guy just so i could learn 
He's the only one that'll let me go hunting with him. So wow. Yeah. Did you learn stuff? I learned stuff. Yeah. We got into elk. We killed a bull, hauled it out on our backs. He did. Um, and then I killed a bull, hauled it out on my back. You know, I got to do. That's a Washington bull. Washington bull, yeah. Congrats, yep. that's a big deal. <laughs> it was, yeah. Over the counter, Washington it, it was State. a little, I think there was a little luck involved, but yeah, yeah I was man. at the right place at the right I time. I mean, God had it looking out yeah. for you, man, for sure. Tell me about your uh, highest of highs, lowest of lows, and then don't forget to inform us of like your wife and your support system and how you guys uh, kind of do the things that you do, like how you guys work it out between the two of you. So like, I'll start with my wife. Yeah. Um, when we met back then, I already kind of got into that a little bit. And yeah. then we just had North, she was in college. She was 21, 22. She was right. in college. We're 10 years. We were just married 10 years. So we, I kind of, she just went to work. I worked at the golf course, started hating my job, got a different job in sales. That was really good. I was good at it. I, I did really well at it. Right around that time, we bought a coffee stand because her parents had owned one since she was like 12. So this is like, 10 or 12 years into her experience, we bought a coffee stand with her parents right around that kind of that time. And then also at that time we had our first pregnancy with the baby that, uh, that we lost, um, right after he was born. So that was 2016. Um, that year we lost two grandpas and my little brother and a baby lowest of lows. Dude, I can't handle that. Yeah. I could just hearing you say that. Like, I, I don't know how I'd handle that. Like, so tell me, this baby was born, and did you hold it? Um, yes. I'm done. I quit. That's not fair. I don't, I'm like... My wife was airlifted to Seattle. We almost lost her. Like, wow. I, I think I was... I drove my wife's Honda Civic and almost beat the airplane to Seattle. Yep. Yep. Just panicking, huh? In a rainstorm, hydroplaning. Oh. Like, I think I almost died, too. Yep. So it was almost full ca- catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And, uh... We made it through, man. We are our support system. My yeah. wife and I, like we, uh, we said in that hospital room, let's, there are stories of people like tearing them apart. Let's not be them. Let's, True. let's let it make us stronger. So I don't know how you do that. Um, that was, that was the low point. Uh, and What's that was, point? um, eight, three, 16. And I don't know if you can see those, but those are life size. Mm-hmm. So that's baby number one, Zannon. Um, yeah. That's what this half is. Yep. Uh, my little brother, Daryl, we lost him December 3rd on his 30th birthday that same year. Same year. Same year. 30 years young. Yep. Which is leading into more lowest of lows. I lost myself at his funeral. Me and Daryl hadn't talked in 12 years because I was a stubborn asshole and so was he, right? And and me sure. more and me more than him. Daryl messed up as a kid, just like I did. Mm-hmm. But I was tough. I was way too hard on him. Yeah. And he went away to my dad's, just like I did. Oh no. And uh, he ended up. We just never talked again. And that summer, we ended up visiting North Dakota. Me and my brother hugged. Hmm. And then we didn't talk a lot. He wasn't around a lot. I mean, we didn't like reconnect, but we Shit. did, and we were about to. It was and on the cusp. He was talking about moving to back to Washington, and I had this new business. And I'm like, dude, it would be brothers, man. And, uh, hmm. you know, he's he passed away. Um, that was really bad. So what happened, man? 
just lay middle of the night, crashed his truck. Yep. Found him the next morning laying in the snow. Like they said it was instant, so he didn't suffer or anything, but Thank the good Lord. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Someone was the good the good day. I think he was just starting to figure life out too, man. He was just uh, starting to figure it out. That, how long ago was this, man? Two thousand sixteen. That was not that long ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. two years goes by another we got pregnant again you know we're not quitting yet and uh alicia is, has a few issues but the baby's a lot bigger than the last one we get into about 25 weeks 24 and uh they need to do some things she ends up in seattle again our doctor's in seattle okay that <clears> makes sense yeah so you're like we, we don't have we don't trust the yakima hospital like no comment but yeah so we uh that baby um, was born one pound, three ounces. He was alive for 10 days. Bro, breaking yeah. my heart. So, you know, that's that's the second tattoo and, like, picture. And Let me see that, man. Yep. Yeah, so his little hands. He was a little oh bigger God. than the other one. Time, you know, name. A little different. little puppy with angels. That's him. So, uh. 10 days, um, that was like a freaking movie. I mean, that was life-altering. I mean, it was like they were in there trying to save that little kid's life, dude, and he was so little, and he was just too sick. And uh, hmm. so we had a fight on our hands, right? Yeah, man. Like, I don't really know how to say it, but... Um, that happened, so 16, 18, so even years are bad for us. Apparently. Yeah, so 2019, we decided to have a baby because they're starting to figure Alicia out. They said, you're with the medications, and, and now if we do this procedure earlier, you know, you can hold the baby longer. Okay. And Caden was born um, September 27th, a little early, spent a week in the NICU, three-year-old little monster man so blessing praise god yeah blessing and we said we did it we did it once let's do it again like we wanted to um so two years later odd year 1921 yeah 21 yeah 2021 whatever and uh had another little baby boy born a little bit earlier really my wife lived for three months almost in the hospital with him she's a saint she is. I ran both of our businesses, took care of our oldest, and uh, that was a tough summer. I bet. That was a tough summer. So, But you did it. We did it, and we got two little dudes perfectly healthy. Well, so We're, what's your boys' names? Caden uh, and Weston. Caden and Weston. Yep. Two years apart. Odd years. Yep. Twins. Little toehead twins. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they're the best thing. So how's Mama Bear now, man? Now that you guys got your babies, you've lost two, pretty heartbreaking. I mean, as a parent, we've had one miscarriage. Really sucks. Those our miscarriage was early on, so like obviously not as hard as yours, but I didn't say that in the middle we had a miscarriage of all that too. Oh, you did have a miscarriage yeah, too. In so it's like too. the miscarriage thing to me is the worst because there's nothing. As a man, I can do or say I didn't have anything growing inside of me. Mm-mm. I had no, you know what I mean? And it's just a weird, like, emotional deal. 
I don't think it's weird. I just think there's emotional process going it's on. It's way harder you, on them than it is us. Yeah, it's just not fair. Like, and, and then, that's yeah. history, right? It's our yeah. job to be there. Yeah. And to be strong, right? 100%. So I didn't cry as much as her. You sure. Know, I get, I cry away from my wife, it seems like, but, but yeah. uh, I had to be strong for her and she had to be strong for me during certain times too. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. You know, during those days and there's my highs of highs, right? Uh, yeah. Two it, little boys. It gets no better. Yeah. So I always wanted a son. I didn't think I could have kids. I was never careful. Like I didn't, I just, we, when I got married, I'm like, I don't know if I can. Like, we'll find out when that day comes. But yeah. apparently it only takes me one try. Nice. Every single try. <laughs> so we got to be careful. But um, during that time, we are buying these coffee stands. Yep. You know, we're still pushing. We bought two houses. We rented one house out, our first one, bought another one. Impressive. All in the middle of this time, we're just like, like we said, let's not tear, let this tear us down. Like, we want to build a life and we love our time. Yeah. Yep. So we've always been that way. Uh, we just try to keep our head above water during that time and try to figure it out. Now, you know, we, uh, own a few coffee stands. We have two little baby boys. We, you know, are almost debt free. And that's uh, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, we don't owe much on anything. Very little on our house that's all remodeled and done. And, and you have four coffee stands. Four coffee stands. and You're working on your uh, rental game. Yeah, yep, trying to get back into that because we did sell our first rental during COVID. Yeah. Because we made so much money on the house, and it was just seemed, it would have took us forever to make that much money as a rental. Yeah. And uh, also owning one single-family home is a little tough because – we had two at one point and then when someone causes $20,000 of damage and you have to get the sheriff to move them out and they don't pay their rent for six months. And <clears throat> you know, me. dude, my good friend Tyler just went through this and he just called it quits. He was like, I was so proud of Tyler and Kaylee. They are good friends of mine since we were in diapers and they, they rented their house out and bought another one and moved into the other one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet. And they told me what they were charging. I was like, holy crap, you guys are killing it, man. I think like their mortgage was maybe, I don't know, fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks a month, and they're charging twenty six hundred a month. I'm like, dude, you can slush fund for repairs. You can cash flow that immediately. Uh, outstanding work. And then it was all good until they stopped paying. Yeah. And you had to get the sheriff involved. Matthews Incorporated out of Sparta, Wisconsin. My go-to is a Phase 4 29. That's what I'll be using for the 2023 fall elk season just around the corner. If you're a little bit longer draw, check out the 33. Vortex Optics. Get your optics online and save some loot. Eurooptic.com. Discount code ELK10 takes 10% off. On X Hunt, elite membership, all 50 states. Do your e-scouting. Get your 3D. Add your waypoints. Run your tracking. Drop a pin when you drop your bull. Discount code Elkshape takes 20% off. Kefaru International, running the tactical or the duplex light frame with the hoodlum or bedlam. If you see me at a total archery challenge, I'll probably run in the Kefaru hip quiver. Made in the USA, and I stand behind as the best frame on the market. MagView gear, made in America. Lifetime warranty, no phone case. Access to all three cameras on your iPhone or Android. Discount code Elkshape, 10% off. They also make attachments 
options for binoculars so that you can do digiscoping proper. Wilderness Athlete, new discount code. We have several elk-shaped stacks. Click the link in the show notes. Discount code elk-shaped 2023. Crispy boots, probably the new fancy boot of the year is the Brickstall Mountain GTX. I got a lot of miles with that. It's going to be my starter for the all-around mountain. Very light. Flex rating of a three or four, somewhere in there. Super dependable, all synthetic, very breathable. If you're not sure, you can always drop down to Laponia 2s. I stand behind them. Buck Knives, the Alpha Scout, the Alpha Hunter, the Pack Light options, all those are in my kill kit. Check it out, Buck, since 1902. Stealth Cam, cellular and non-cellular, 20% off. Use the discount code ElkShape20. Run that camera on 4K. 10% off discount code is ElkShape10. You can get multiple cams or just run one. You can choose several plans and be on your way getting transmissions. The new Deceptor has that on-demand mode, so you can hit a button and get a photo from your camera right on demand. It's pretty sick. Check it out. Marsupial. I'm running the Bino Harness. 10 by 42s Got the rangefinder pouch and pocket. Made out of Arizona. Jim's a good buddy of mine. I think it's the best Bino Harness on the market. New to you guys, but not new to me. Born Primitive. They've been making workout gear in the CrossFit scene and fitness space for a long time. They have a military background. They also hired Aaron Snyder to consult to make their outdoor line, and I've been running it well, for the last six months behind the scenes. I had all the samples. I'm committed. I'm going for it, so I am running Born Primitive. Click the link in the show notes to see what lineups I run, not only on the workout side of things, but also in the field. It's pretty exciting for me to see a big fitness company get into the hunting space, and I want to support them. Back to e-bikes, discount code ELKSHAPE takes $300 off. And of course, if you are buying gear, discount code ELKSHAPE, 10% off at blackovis.com. Back to the podcast. You know what? It was such a bad experience for them. They're like, F it. They sold it. I sold it as is. It needed at least 20 grand in repairs. Yep. And I was like, I don't have that kind of... So single family rentals, just bad idea. I believe so, because if you don't have a whole bunch of them, what's, what happens when it's open and someone's not paying? You're paying. You're not making money anywhere else. Yeah. You're just losing at that point. You're hemorrhaging. If you have 10 of them, they're, sure. they're kind of covering the bills for yeah. the other ones. It seems like right. a good idea. Or if you have an apartment building, kind of the same deal, right? Yes. You know, for empty units. If you have an empty house and your mortgage is 12, 1300 bucks, luckily ours is like 800 But There's a lot of forgiveness like law, like language during COVID that was scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, dislike. But uh, yeah, man. So you got rid of it. Got rid of it. And then decided to sell our other one during COVID. This was before COVID. Then we sold our other one just because we're like, well, we just got this new house. Let's buy, let's sell it. Let's pay off all this stuff. I got a little hot rod. So the deal was when we sell it, I got to finish my little car and, yep. and that kind of stuff. So you know, we played a little, we got a hot tub and then we just took the rest and, and kind of paid stuff off and kept some in the bank and, and, uh, bought another coffee stand. Right. I like that. During that time. That's a business. That yep. is a business that produces money. That's also known as an asset. Yep. Plus you're building a brand. You're making it more sellable for down the road. Or if you keep on to it and have someone run it for you, you're making money while you're sleeping, literally. Uh, and then you're also looking at getting some duplexes going. Now, how come duplexes don't scare you? And you're talking new construction, right, bro? Yeah, less repairs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Shout out to Jeff Bynum, but after, after talking to him, Do you, you know, work with Jeff? I will be soon. Yeah. Shout out to Jeff, man. Yeah. He is, I've literally watched him change a lot of people's lives. Yep. And I feel like he got, one of his first starts was on the podcast he did with me, where I think we basically blew the compliance. He wasn't supposed to like say half the stuff he was, but we published it before he could say anything. 
but like he really is awesome, right? Like, yeah, he's great, and I think he has your best. He really wants you to be successful. Yeah, and like the guy we're with now, I think is more is more like this is what we do. Oh. You know, this is what we do here. Nah, if you ain't having an argument, like me and Jeff argue all the time, yeah. which is why I love him. He puts up with my shit. I'm a hardhead, right? Uh, no, there should be a conversation not being told what to do. Yeah. I think there should be a conversation where they convince you and you try to convince them and you meet in the middle. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. And we need, you know, we need to uh, diversify. I agree. Yeah. So that I think real estate market's a good place to be if you're smart about it. I, don't... I really want a duplex, man. I do. Yeah. But I want good renters in it. And I'm... I don't want to touch it. I don't want to think about it. Well, and that was kind of the deal with me is I worked as my landscaping company. I worked for pretty much every property management company in locally. Yes. They all know me. Yes. So they're, one of them is just going to get it, and I'm not going to touch Why it. Why not? I mean, so. what's your time worth? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I see a lot of value in that. I Jeff is hounding on me to get something figured out for investments. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I know we need to do something. I don't know what, but I'm not very good at pursuing any of that because I have like a one track mind. I don't know if you knew this, but I just want an elk hunt. My only goal is killing <laughs> elk. Everything yeah. else just kind of falls into place, um, which is cool. When I met you at Elk Shape Camp, you told me. Some pretty heavy shit that uh, I'm going to ask you about because I do want to know. Um, you just looked at me and you said, Dan, your podcast saved my life. I just want to thank you. And I'm like, no, it didn't save your life. And you're like, no, dude, I was about to kill myself. And I'm like, say what? And I just was like, you know what? Save it for the podcast, man. Like, I want to know the full story. So I guess that's where I'm just going to jump right into it with you. Why would you ever want to get take away this gift of life that's been given to you, man? I... <sighs> And I'm not sure what it was, but I've had a long life or a long, lifelong struggle with like depression, anxiety. Not the first time I've been in that place. I felt like at that time, this was a couple spring, like last spring, I think. And I'm like, my wife doesn't deserve to be with me. Like she deserves so much better, right? My yeah. kids probably deserve better. Like I can't even be this person. Like I getting frustrated with a baby cause he's crying or something like I just, and then I was failing at business at my business and I probably wasn't failing, but I was had a pretty negative outlook on it. I was just ready to burn it all down and I never had any plans to do anything like that. It was like a passive thought, I think, but yeah. it's like, that might be my only way out, you know? And when you get to that point, you need to find help. Uh, you, you can't always do it by yourself. And sometimes I didn't want to trouble my wife um, with some of those thoughts, even though she probably knew I was in a bad place. I mean, I was losing weight. Like, I, was, I wouldn't eat. I'd, like, some days, middle of the day, I'd just be in my dark room sleeping, like, eyes wide open, just, like, hiding from work, hiding from whatever might find me. My cell phone, I'd turn it off. I couldn't even handle my cell phone ringing. Um, I just talked myself into a dark hole and... uh um, the reason I said you saved my life is like, I, I had just found hunting. I said, I did that rifle season in Washington and my buddy will and, and, uh, kind of got me into it a little bit. And he's the one that went to Montana. No, he's just the one who said you should go hunting. 
Um, and then we hunted like a day and a half together that year. He's just like busy, but yeah. I ended up driving around in a truck with my father-in-law. Yeah. Who doesn't walk a long ways? We did a couple walks. I mean, I wasn't in great shape. I was little, yeah. like a 30 pounds lighter almost than I am right now. Crazy. And, uh, I didn't eat, I didn't have a lot of energy, but I tried. I mean, we saw a cow, I think like during that whole season. And then there was like deer season and I drove around and all it was truck hunting and I didn't know any difference. Sure. And I hate failure. Like I hate failing. I noticed that about you, man. You I, do have that going for you. I hate it. So I was like, it ate at me and ate at me and ate at me. And, and, uh, one day I Googled, um, I always want to be in shape. I always want to be like, I've always been really self-conscious. So I know I'd never had a suntan above here cause I never went without a shirt. Yep. Ever. And, uh, I Googled one day like elk hunting and getting in shape or something. I listened to a few podcasts and I was like, man, there's just no one I can really like get into that. I found like, uh, Googled that found elk shape. And it was just, I think what I needed at that time, um, everything you talked about. And it wasn't about elk hunting. As you always said, I'm just going to make you where this is disguised as making you better, you know, making yeah. you the best person you can be. And, uh, and then you didn't take no shit. It was like you weren't sorry about anything. Oh, yeah. Like anything you said. And it was like tough love, right? And then... Yeah. And uh, and almost like you spoke to the... You know, it was just better than anything else I had listened to. Mm. And, and it just resonated with me so well. It was about bow hunting, but it was like, what do you got to do to be the best? Like, you got to get out of this shit. I mean, you have to figure yourself out and then... You know, it's always just like making yourself good at home. You're never going to be good at this if you're not good at that. And you need to. And I realized how bad I was. You know, I just kind of, it really gave me a look in the mirror hmm. at who I was failing at all those things. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if anyone listening ever felt like they were uh, maybe destined or like, that's not the right word, but like felt like they were better than they were being, right? Like you yeah. just were meant for more. Underachieving. Like, big time. And you're just disappointed in yourself, but you kind of get into a rut and you just don't, how do I dig myself out? And uh, things were fine. I had kids, man. I had these businesses. We were doing fine financially, a couple houses. Things really weren't that bad, but I was just talking myself into this hole. Like, like I didn't deserve any of that. Yeah. And uh, then when I realized I did, and like I said earlier, that that was just my path, and all these things just started to click together. And and then the discipline thing. Like, I, motivation was hard, but discipline I could figure out. That's everything. That's and the so key. I could figure that part out. And yeah. I didn't know that was it. You know? Right. So I figured out that... You just got to do it. I mean, discipline is like, you. what makes you disciplined? Where's the thing? Like, I free, when I was in the woods by myself, I was like so free and so happy. And I never knew that was a thing. Like, I, I lived right by the mountains my whole life. When I snowboarded, I kind of thought back to when was I the happiest? Like, when I was snowboarding by myself in my headphones every day and up in the woods, like, that was some of the best times, you know? And then I gave all that up to... For what? For nothing. I mean, none of that, those years even mattered. Like, hmm. um, and I had a felony, so I could never hunt. My dad had, there was like some stories of my family hunting that I heard before. Like, I never, it was just like, I didn't realize that I could get in the woods and hunting would be that thing that would get me out there and kind of get me into that place where I started to figure it out. 
So Ryder, mm-hmm. I found your podcast and everything you said was good. And I It's crazy, man. And it was like since then I've had to change cuz I'm all caught up, you know, so I've had to listen to a few other people, but Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, then I started to realize that there's like a community and there's like almost a support system and there's these camps that you can go to and then yeah, I met so many people at those camps and it's just been this road. It's been like a year and a half last spring. I started kicking it up over the summer. It was like me fighting myself to, to like change. So it was six or eight months of like, you got to do it. You got, where's this discipline? You got to find it. You got to find it. And then, you know, I, I worked out, but I didn't work out like I knew I could. Like I didn't build a home gym. I went to the CrossFit gym once a week or skip a couple of weeks or went or did like a backpack walk. Like, right. I just didn't do it. Like I knew I could, I bought a rower, sat in my garage and collected dust, you know? Uh. Cause I'm like, that was the first piece of equipment I bought. Cause that was the one I hated the most. That's good. I hated that thing. That's good. I, I have this audience, man. And I've looked at the analytics a little, I'm not much of a, like, I never have been a good, like dig into my business. What, I'm so hyper-focused on the things I want to do every day that I don't spend a lot of time strategically on. It's probably a weakness, honestly, but it's tough to me to be interested in like how many people are watching this video, what thumbnail, how long do they actually watch the video for or listen. Like none of that shit really matters to me. I just keep putting out content and hopefully, I always hope that people just dig it because I dig it. But do know my numbers as far as age demographic. It's about 24 to 48. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, with the bulk of the people being in that window. So I want you to talk to them. Talk to them, specifically the guys that are younger than you, you're 40, um, who feel like maybe they are a fuck up too and that they can't ever... Like, dude, you were a felony. You're a high school... Like, not even high school dropout. Junior high dropout who was really good at selling weed, kind of, uh, and got in trouble and then kept going back into it. And now, to me, you're a dude who... I'm betting, I guarantee you killing elk this year, just hanging out with you long enough and coming to the camp. You went to my elk shape camp, learned from all those guys. Then you went right to Lampers. You've already killed one with a muzzle loader. You have four elk tags. You just came from scouting Idaho and you showed me your Onyx stuff that you're looking at. I'm like excited for you. We just shot bows. You're good at shooting. You know how to tune your own equipment. We just worked out. You just hung with Mrs. Elk shape. She's a beast. Sort of. Sort of. And <laughs> I'm betting on you. To kill an elk. I'm betting on you to get more coffee stands. I'm betting on you to build these duplexes and empire. I'm betting on you to be the best dad ever to Weston and Caden and Mrs. being the best husband. So like, dude, if you can do all this in a short amount of time with a lot of self-doubt and a lot of demons, talk to my audience, man. Like, tell them how to pull themselves out of those depressions and this anxiety. Like, how do you do it? How do you get help? Yeah, I think what you got to do is you got to find that one thing that works for you. I think you have to find that one thing. It's not right there in front of you. Like, it's going to pass you by if you're not looking for it. Like, if you're just sitting back and feeling sorry for yourself, I probably missed this opportunity a hundred times because I never saw it. And I found hunting. But what that did was kind of open my eyes that there was something else out there. There was another path and that, and it sounds like weird or cliche or whatever, but it's, it was like an aha moment almost like 
that one thing that got me to think bigger instead of thinking so small. And, and, uh, I started thinking about more than just the investments or making money and all that felt really good, but none of it meant anything. None of it meant like my job went well and I owned a business and for most people, that's like a dream. But for me, I just started that business because I was good at sales and I knew how to fix sprinklers. And I'm like, I can do this. But then I ended up hating it in the end because, because it really wasn't what I love to do. So you just, I found elk hunting and I'll probably never make a dime hunting. Uh, yeah, you don't need to. But I don't need to, I guess. Would I? Do I want to hang out with people like Dan and gritty and all these people and Ryan Lampers and all these people I met Brian Barney. Like I, uh, those are the people that I want to be my friends. Yeah. So I just found out that one thing led me to all of these other small discoveries that real made me realize that I'm not just this little dude from Yakima. I am, but there's so much more out there. And, and, uh, I don't have to sit around and feel sorry for myself anymore because I can build a home gym and I can go out and I can have pecs and freaking biceps. And my wife can tell me that she can feel my six pack sometimes. Like, (laughs) you know, there's like, and then from there, everything just starts looking up. Yeah. You just feel better. And, uh, so I guess my advice is just to look bigger, look, take a wider view of the world. And, and do what makes you happy. If you hate your job, you're not good for yourself or no one else. I, if you, I totally agree with that. If you hate what you're doing every day or there's some part of your day that's dragging you down, like finish it if it's a task and and then move on to something different and never do that thing again. Because and you're incentivizing yourself. If you hate your job, then there's your freaking motivation to once you clock out, clock in for yourself on that next thing mm-hmm. or that next dream or side hustle or whatever. And, and you should be just like so motivated to go be free of what this thing is that you have so much disdain for every day that like you clock out, you're not depressed. You're excited. Cause now you get to go work for your own dream, whatever that is. But I love that attitude of like, dude, life is short. Do not punch a clock out of misery and obligation to debt. Yeah, and, and delayed gratification, like Dan says. Mm-hmm. Though we didn't make a dime on coffee stands for years, not one dime. Dang. Not a dime. We struggled through that first year, and I was like, why are we doing this? We own this thing that we make don't make a dime on, and we spend all this time, and we're always fixing it. Yeah. And, you know, my wife's like, I love it. I love it. That's the key. And my wife's like, I love it. You Money know, she come. quit her job. Yep. I love it. And we didn't, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm supporting both of us right now. Yeah. And then guess what? We stuck with it and it, and it turned around and, she, and you know, that's her thing. I mean, I don't take any credit for that. What is the name of your guys' coffee shop in Yakima? Manhattan Station Espresso. Manhattan Station Espresso. Yeah. Next time I'm that way, which is very, very rarely. But I will hit you guys up for sure. Um, dude, appreciate you coming over and shooting with me. I appreciate you coming to Elk Shape Camp. I felt like that camp that you came to uh, was different. We didn't have Joel at that camp, um, but it was different in that we we had a lot of time with you guys in a short amount of time. And I felt like we squeezed, I say this at every camp, but I know we, we squeezed all the juice for all the time we had. We didn't waste a second. And like my business model from doing camps, and that might have been the last 
elk shape camp I've ever done. It can't be. Well, here's I, the deal. I'm moving to a new direction where it's more of like kind of what Lampers does with the the Kumbaya camping together, but also me and Ryan are friends. We couldn't be any further or any any more different than we are. Like we're different people. Yeah. I'm a very high energy, high intense uh extrovert. He's a very introverted animal killing machine. Um and he's a good friend of mine. Like I've known him a long time. So what I do like that he does is the breaking of bread and the sharing of campfire. But we're gonna do my style of I'm still gonna do the elk tactics. Cause I still feel like the way I teach elk hunting is a lot more reasonable because not everyone's gonna be very good at elk calling and it's it's really hard to convince elk to come in with sounds nowadays we teach that but cover the elk hunting and the fitness and the mindset have joel come in and cover the archery mindset and the elk vocalizations that he teaches and then have josh teach the people how to work on their bows like for real not just putting strings on a bow that's watch a youtube video i'm talking how to understand what it means to tune your bow and what to look for. Who taught you how to tune a bow? I really learned good by watching and I have a, I decisive reasoning and this or whatever they call it. You know, if you just process of elimination, I just, uh, I'm a nerd when it comes to like learning new stuff. Yeah. You're and all I, in though. Like your personality is the part I like about you is that you're like, there's no question that you're all in. And that's kind of the people I hang out with, and it's dangerous when we get together. Cause we're like, <laughs> but I don't know anything different, man. I don't know anything different. I mean, I sold all my stuff. I sold my dirt bike because it wasn't a hunting dirt bike. I sold my, you know, my crotch rocket that I, my race bike, like, and I did 172 miles an hour, you know, like I, that was my thing. Like I wanted to be on the edge of death and that was part of, part of it. I don't need that anymore. No. It's gone. You know, I sold everything. I had a couple old cars. They're going to be for sale. I'm just keeping one. Cause me and my family can ride in it. And, and, uh, I just took out all the stuff that wasn't important because I realized, you know, that's discipline as well. Because I don't need all that crap. And then I just rolled all that money into, uh, you know, my archery addiction, um, habit, whatever you want to call it. I try to shoot every day. And just, if my bows, you just, the more you shoot it, the more you feel it and you kind of know. And if you just use logic, like, of your cams out of time, obviously it needs to go this way. So you just look at which way the cable comes in and, mm-hmm. and then rotate it. And, you know, when it's really not that hard, um, it's I'm sure not. there are some details that yeah. are, yeah. Yeah. And there's some things you can't figure out, but it's, and I don't know if my bow is super tuned, but I can, I came to the broadhead tuning video and we didn't have to touch it. Amen to that. That's a fact. So we did. I just, I like it. I go out there. I'm, you know, if anyone needs help, hit me up. If you're in Yakima, shit, we got, we could shoot 200 at my house. Yeah. <laughs> 120, whatever. I got to come over and hang out with you, man. Well, dude, thanks for driving all the way over. And I really want you to get your bull this year. I don't care if you kill multiples, but if you just get one, I'd be so stoked for you because you've put so much work into it. I just want to encourage you to focus on one tag at a time. Do not squander. You hear me say this on the, on the podcast, you're looking in my eyeballs. Do not squander a second in the mountains. And it, that will that's literally the secret sauce is just keep grinding and it all changes at some point. And mm. in 10 seconds you, later, you have a bull down and you're like, did that just happen? Yes, it did. So just stay in the game, man. Yeah, my elk season started 
last year in December when I got a tag. So yeah, I've been in there a couple of times now and, and, uh, it really is getting hot and heavy. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Mm. You talk about what's your definition of success. Like I thought hard about that, like coming into the podcast and I was like, I have four elk tags because I tried really hard to get them and did a ton of research and not that I need to kill four elk to fill my fa- to feed my family. And will I kill four elk? If I do, I'm going to be sharing it with people that don't get it. Correct. But do I expect to? No. Sure. Do I expect to kill one elk since I've killed an elk already? And that muzzleloader shot was 35 yards. And I like to think I could have done that with a bow. You could have. Um, so yes, success to me would be killing one elk out of four tags. I think that would be, I'd like to be into elk and, and, uh, I think I need to kill one this year. I mean, I've, I think you do. I have unlimited time to do it. I don't have to go home. I will go home because, you know, when I'm done mm. and my wife's the best person in the world. Yeah. I got to meet her. She yeah. seems awesome. She's great. She's tough. as nails. She's done nothing but support me and seen me through everything. Yep. Head, head butts me when she needs to and steps back when she needs to. And we make a good team. Yeah. So awesome yeah. guys. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to your Instagram. Sure. But yeah. go ahead and say it. It's Creek outdoors, Creek underscore outdoors underscore. Okay. I'll leave a link. This is my friend Casey hanging out with me today. Guys, I love hanging out with my subscribers, uh, which all that means is just our community. Like, uh, and I want to get to know more. And the thing I said earlier today on video is what I meant. Like when I die, I want to have a million bow hunting friends Mm -hmm. and I want to hang out as many people as possible and learn their story and get inspired, inspire others. Guys, you have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing ours. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. I hope you enjoyed that pod with Casey. Casey, thanks for your transparency. And uh, Matt, you're a great dude. I can't wait to see your future success. Thanks for hanging out with me. I just want to give a couple shout outs at the end of this pod because I have a lot of people that make this possible. First off, y'all, thank you for your support on Wavering, tuning in, and I hope you get something out of every episode. I want to give a shout out to my team at Matthews Archery. Right now, we are getting things set up for 2024, if you know what I mean. And I'm very excited. I can't wait to share some stuff with you guys there. We're looking at some new Vortex spotting scope that I can't wait to share. It is literally can change the game. Be on the lookout for that. I'll have more information on that coming up. One company that doesn't get enough love is Buck Knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. Uh, I really want you guys to check out the Alpha Scout, the Alpha Hunter, and their Pack Light series for the backcountry this year. Just go to their website, check it out. Uh, I promise that's what I'm running in my kill kit. And I hope you get to use your kill kit real soon. You guys, thank you for the support. Thanks for listening. We got some more good ones coming up. Make sure you subscribe. If you feel compelled, give it a review. Let us know what you think. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.